You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. While you were skipping stones, building forts, and flying kites, I was missing school and on my Saturday nights. Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills. I was singing songs to pay my family's bills. Little me, growing up Broadway. Little me. Hello, welcome back to Little Me Growing Up Broadway with me, Mark Tuminelli. Do I have an episode for you? I am so excited about this one. I had the opportunity to sit down with Broadway TV and film star Leah Michelle. I wanted to unpack all of her early years on Broadway and talk about how those experiences have really affected her as an adult. She was an absolute delight. We had the best time together. We went way over the amount of time we were supposed to talk. She just was sharing so many stories and it felt like she really wanted to be there and she really wanted to kind of go through those early years and revisit them. She has a brand new album out called Forever, which is a lovely lullaby album for her son, Ever. And uh, we talked about that. We talked about the upcoming Spring Awakening concert, which is happening on Monday night at the Imperial Theater on Broadway. And then we unpacked all of those early years on Broadway. So I think you are going to have the best time listening to Leah. It sounds like she is really coming out of this pandemic and this wild last couple of years she has with a new attitude and a new vision of how she plans to approach her life. And I hope that we're all here for it. And I can't wait to see Leah back on Broadway. So in case you're unfamiliar with Leah, at just eight years old, she made her Broadway debut as young Cosette in Les Miserables. And then follow that up with the original cast of Ragtime that starred Audrey McDonald and Brian Stokes Mitchell and Maren Maisie, who she talks about at length on this episode. And then her third Broadway show was Fiddler on the Roof with Alfred Molina. And then, of course, she became Vendela in Spring Awakening, a show that earned her a Drama Desk nomination and also solidified her place as a major Broadway talent. Following Spring Awakening, she created the role of Rachel Berry on Ryan Murphy's critically acclaimed series Glee, a role that would make her a star everywhere in the world, and then went on to star in TV Scream Queens, a show that I was very much obsessed with. She's released multiple albums, Christmas in the City, Places, Louder, and her new album Forever, which we talk all about. She is also a best-selling author, releasing Brunette Ambition, which was a New York Times bestseller, as well as her follow-up book, You First. At just 35 years old, Leah Michelle has accomplished so much. I loved hearing these stories directly from her. We honestly had such a good time together. I was very nervous going into this interview, but she totally put me at ease and was game to play. And I know you're going to love listening to my interview with Broadway TV and film star Leah Michelle. 
Hello, Little Me listeners. I'm here with Leah Michelle. I am so excited to sit down with you today and talk about your incredible career. So welcome. You look gorgeous. Thank are you. you. Ha- are you having a good day? What's up? Uh, first of all, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I've been like really, I've been the most excited about this all day. Uh, I'm, I'm doing really well. You know, I'm kind of just getting back into the swing of working again after being at home with my baby for 14 months. So it's a little bit of like exhilaration of feeling like me, but also like missing my baby. So, but it's, it's good doing good. All right, We're doing the press today. Well, you're, this was a very big announcement this week that you and the original cast of spring awakening are coming back together for one night only this coming Monday night. Um, November 15th at 7 p.m. at the Imperial Theater. You will be uh, coming back with all your original cast members of Spring Awakening. Tell me how that came together. I'm sure you're freaking out. That's so exciting. Oh my gosh, there's so much to say. I, I think we all have to thank so much the incredible Lauren Pritchard and Jonathan Groff for working their butts off to put this reunion together. I think that they reached out to all of us for the first time almost a year ago. And we managed to get on a group Zoom with the entire original Broadway cast. And just Lauren and Jonathan were like, we want to do this, you guys. It's the 15 year anniversary. Um, We tried to do it for the 10 year anniversary, but it didn't work out. But they pulled so many strings and magic and made it all happen. And everyone has cleared their schedule and held this, you know, date and week for almost a year now, because this show just means so much to all of us. It changed our lives. It was a huge, you know, for me, I started with Spring Awakening when I was 14 years old. Wow. And I didn't leave the Broadway show until I was 23. So it was a very big part of my adolescence and my 20s. Um, there's just so much to say. It's going to be an incredible and very emotional night for sure. How are you preparing to get back into that? Like Vendela mindset oh. of this girl who you are, you know, you look exactly the same. So whatever you're doing, you. Keep it up. <laughs> but you know, there's been a whole lifetime since then. Look at what you have accomplished since, you know, your time on Broadway and spring awakening. So how do you get back into that mental state of this young girl? And how are, how are we tapping back into that? I'm. I just got so nervous when you said that, like Sorry. Sudden my, like my anxiety just crept in. It wasn't until this morning that I was thinking about, because I've been thinking a lot about um, doing the scenes with the girls and doing my stuff, stuff with Jonathan again. But just this morning, I was thinking about the scene before whispering, where I have to say to my mother, like, you know, um, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me everything? And every night I used to do it with so many like tears in my eyes. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to really get, get back into that moment. And obviously when I was doing the show, I wasn't 14. So it wasn't like I was, you know, but I I'd started playing Venla at 14. It all felt still so real and, and, and new to me. Um, now I'm 35. So it's going to be very different, but she was one of my most favorite characters to ever play. Um, and to be in that skin again, I think is going to be very challenging, but also um, really a lot of fun. And I just really hope I can make out with Jonathan again. I'm sure we all we all want to. Um, so now let's go back to sort of like, are you going to watch like bootlegs? Like, how are you getting yourself? Like, are you listening to the cast album? Does that feel so weird? Oh my gosh. I 
I drove into the city. I was living outside of the city. I drove into the city um, and, and spent the night away from my son for the first time a couple of months ago to go to Lily Cooper's baby shower. And we so love Lily Cooper, former guest of the podcast, love the, the incredible, beautiful Lily Cooper, who was just making motherhood look so incredible. I mean, she got, so, she's like at opening like, night, I she got a baby here a baby today. And like, <laughs> and she went from like pumpkin field, like an hour out of the city. I was like, I didn't leave the house for like a year and she's just making it like look so incredible. Um, but I adore her and met her when she was 13 years old. So now that she's a mom, it's wild, but I drove into the city for her baby shower. And that was the first time that I listened to the album from front to back. And then I came in a couple of weeks later for, I don't know, to see Jonathan and listened to it again. And it, it just, it never doesn't spark just the most extreme emotions in me, both, both happiness and sad and just like all of the above. I'm definitely going to watch as many bootlegs as I can. Well, the whole show's there. I just checked it right before we start talking. Well, there's a lot out there. Jonathan sent me a picture online the other day of just his whole butt. And I was <laughs> like, I literally, I wrote him and I was like, I have never seen this POV before. And like, I just don't want to start now. Like, I don't need to see this. Like, I didn't see it then. Like, I just want to see it, you know? <laughs> was there a moment while you were working at Spring Awakening where you thought, oh, this is going to be a really big moment? Okay. So we were in the middle of tech. And so you for know, the original at the Atlantic or Broadway, where were we? This was okay. Broadway. We were in okay. tech. I might cry. We were doing tech for Broadway and they were, uh, they were lighting don't do sadness, blue wind. And I went up to the mezzanine and um, Lauren started singing blue wind. And it was the first time that they had all the lights and the, the, the blue lights and I saw everything lit up and I just froze and I started crying and I had done every workshop of the show leading up to it. And everyone said that the show would never succeed. You know, I got offered to play Eponine in the revival. My agent was like, spring awakening is never going to last. Not my agent anymore. Um, you have to do the revival. And I was like, I'm doing spring awakening. Um, and it was in that moment when she was done, she came up to the mezzanine and I just looked at her and I was like, if you do that every single night, this will be the biggest hit that Broadway has ever seen. And in that moment, I knew. Oh my God. It's so exciting. <sighs> now as a theater kid growing up to become a theater adult, I mean, this was like you in an adult body starring in a Broadway show. <laughs> there must, there is some sort of like empowering moment where you're like, I'm not just a cute little kid. I am, I'm really doing this. Did you feel that? Did it feel like a big moment to show the world that you weren't this little kid anymore? You know, this is actually a really interesting question that I think warrants, you know, just a more detailed um, response because I think it's very easy to say like, yes, it was my first, you know, moment as an adult on Broadway and what a huge moment starting, you know, from when I was eight years old and getting to play this leading role. But we were all together a couple of nights ago, the cast, we went to see um, Ain't Too Proud. And I was talking to Alexandra Sosha and she was like, I was 19 when I was in the show. And I thought to myself in that moment, I was like, I was only 22. I was 22 years old. 
And we felt like adults and we had to become adults because we were the lead of this show. And yes, it was for me um, a huge moment in my career and also a huge moment um, as an adult, but we were still so young. You know, I'm 35 now, I'm a mom and you really grow a, a lot you know, later on in your thirties and especially becoming a parent. So I would say, you know, it, it was, we were still very much kids back then. It didn't feel like, oh, I'm an adult, like I think starting a Broadway show. I think the point is, is that we did think we were adults yeah, because we had to be, because, you know, there was a lot of responsibility on us, but we weren't adults. We were still just kids. And um, I think it's going to be really beautiful now to come back to this experience and all reunite now as adults, having experienced lots of different lives and, you know, grown yeah. and, 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 and everything to now come back um, in the place that we are in our lives now. Well, we're so excited. Broadway's freaking out about it. So we yeah, can't we're wait. On a, like, literally the whole <laughs> cast were on a text chain mm-hmm. and um, I was just doing another interview and my phone was going off so much. The interviewer was like, can you please turn your phone off? And I looked and I had 46 messages from the Spring Awakening chain because we're trying to figure out what bar do we want to go to? <laughs> Great. All right. Well, I'm sure we can find someone to help you with that. Um, all right. We have to go back a little bit to the beginning. What was little Leah Michelle doing in her house in New Jersey that made her parents be like, uh, we got to get this kid on stage somewhere? Not what you would be thinking. And they were not thinking we need to get her on a stage. That was not in my head that was not in my parents' brains. I ended up going on an open call for Les Mis in my hometown as a joke with my best friend because um, her father got ill the night before and my mother offered to take her. So I was like, well, if she's going to try out for what is the show Les Mis, I'm going to do it too. And my mom was like, my dad said, but you, you don't sing, like you're not a singer. Um, and he was like, you're a great dancer, which was like, I don't know what my dad was, you know, drinking because I am not a terrible dancer. Um, and he never lets this, I've never let him live this one down, but he was like, you're not a singer. And I was like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And I had seen Phantom of the Opera a couple of weeks prior, um, didn't understand anything that was going on, but loved the music, just loved the music and went home and was singing to the CD over and over and over again in my room. Um, and I went on the open call for Les Mis and I was performing on Broadway two weeks later. Wow. How did your parents react to this like big moment happening out of kind of nowhere? I think it was a really big adjustment for them. You know, my father, um, owned a deli in the Bronx. My mom was a nurse. So, um, we definitely were not, you know, financially the most comfortable, And for them to have to kind of step back from their careers to help me and help make my what became, you know, dream come true was a really big adjustment. And I owe so much to them for they didn't ask for this. They didn't plan on it. But once I started, you know, they knew it it was my dream and they made sure to, you know, help me make that happen. Oh my God. I love it so much. And what's so cool about Spring Awakening is that you're doing it at the Imperial Theater where you made your Broadway debut in Les Mis. And that's like, that's like a weird full circle moment. I'm sure for you. It really is. It doesn't, that does not go past me sort of the, you know, weird do, 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 you know, but um, yeah, I, I think for multiple reasons, that's another reason as to why 
the night is going to be so emotional. What is your biggest memory of your time in Les Mis? I mean, you did that show for, you were in it for a minute. Like you. Yeah. yeah. I think the longest that any, you know, kid did the show was like maybe max a year and a half because you would outgrow it. But I did it for as long as like any of the young Cosettes did. Um, And I, I have to tell you the truth. I have, I remember everything. I was eight years old, but I really, my memory is so clear. Um, I just remember loving it every single night. There wasn't one night where I remember thinking to myself, I don't want to be here or I'm not happy here. I only ever wanted to be there. I took it very seriously. And for me, it wasn't just this one thing. It was like, okay, in the famous words of Celine Dion, what's next? Love it. Did you ever go on for Gavroche? Because those girls have to cover. I didn't, but I did have to audition to be the cover for Gavroche. And I got it because. Because that would have been, that's the dream of that. Whoever well, has that insert that says Leah Michelle has Gavroche. You know, in true Leah Michelle form, she would audition for Gavroche and she would get it because, that's, you know, <laughs> but I did not go on, but I had, I had like the dress rehearsals and stuff like that. Yeah, the put in. Um, how long did you stay in the show before Ragtime sort of entered your world? I, I left, mean, how was, yeah. yeah. I left Les Mis and I believe, I mean, it, it was a matter of weeks before we were leaving for Toronto to go do the pre-Broadway year-long run of Ragtime before we took it to Broadway. And who went with you? Did your, did your parents? She have to leave her job. That's wild. She left her job and she came and she left my dad. They have been um, together since they're 14 years old. Um, It was the first time that my mother, you know, born in the Bronx, left my dad, left her family, went to another country. um, And we lived there for a year. Did she take to it? Did she like love being on tour with you? She really, my mother is like, she was a great, um, I, I know that the cast all really loved my mother. She was very close with Marin Maisie. She is still very close with Peter Friedman. So my, my, the cast really loved both my mother and my father. Um, but she was a great stage parent in the sense that she wasn't a stage parent. And I think a lot of people saw that in her. So she was very much respected by, by the whole cast and creator. All right. Well, you'd mentioned the cast. You have Audrey McDowell, Brian Stokes Mitchell, Marin Maisie, Peter Friedman, an incredible group of people, probably the greatest Broadway original cast that has ever existed. What is your memories of that? Who, who did you take the most from? Tell me a little bit about working with those people. Listen, <laughs> I had a very unique childhood. You know, I like listen to, listen to everything we've been talking about. I grew up in the Bronx. I, out of nowhere, started working on Broadway at eight years old. I then moved to another country with the greatest performers of all time. Um, I remember Audra McDonald coming up to me one night, I was looking through the curtains to see the audience before the show. And she came up to me and she said, if you can see them, they can see you. Or she would come up to me and put her hands around my waist and teach me to expand my diaphragm. Um, the first time I met Marin Maisie, she was naked in her dressing room and just gave, embraced me and my mother in the most beautiful hug. Um, I had a very, you know, interesting childhood that really molded me into being a very, um, a little too grown up in a young person's body. Peter Friedman was an incredible person to work with, and he was also a very intense person to work with every night. 
um, I had to really be on my game. And I think it forced me in my youth to really have to, you know, mature faster than maybe I was, you know, prepared to and always take on more than I think any other young person had to. But I, I really always tried to do the best that I, I could. Um, but, but on top of it, the most important thing was I was just, I loved it so much. So it, no matter what, I just, I loved what I was doing so much. That was all that ever mattered. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So before we got on this today, I rewatched the Tony performance, which really is like a very stunning moment in Tony history. What do you remember about that night sort of waiting in the wings to go on at Radio City in this huge musical that people are freaking out about? What do you remember about that Tony performance? Everything. Okay, good. I remember everything. I remember buying my dress Peter Friedman took me and my mother as his dates that night. Can you believe that? I can't. That is like some theater, like his story that we don't know. He took us as his dates. We were in the third row sitting orchestra left. Um, And I remember Marin lost. And then I remember Peter and Brian lost. Audra won, we were so thrilled, but when they lost in my mind as this young nine, 10 year old girl, it was, it was unfathomable to, to me that yeah. they would, could lose. And it, it was like taking a dagger. I cried when Peter lost. And I remember getting up there to perform our, our performance and we didn't get a standing ovation after we performed. And then look what the Lion King did. And I remember being so sad, being like, we're, we're not going to win. The, the Lion King is going to win. And I had so many emotions. It was like, again, like I said, nine, 10 year old girl. And it was such an intense night for me of just wanting these people that I loved so much to win and wanting the audience to feel the way for the show that that I did in my crazy young nine-year-old mind. It was wild. Just a, what a wild experience to, to feel people when they're 10, like are worrying about their birthday party. Not if their musical is going to win the Tony. It's so, it's such an odd thing to have to deal with. You just summed up my life in one (laughs) sentence. You saved therapy bills. All right, great. Um, no, we should all still be in therapy. Betterhelp.com is a sponsor of this podcast. Okay. All right. So how I'm sure it's very hard to leave 
uh, ragtime behind this huge Broadway musical. And it was a few years before you were back on Broadway and Fiddler. What was happening in those years? Were you auditioning a ton? Were you, what, tell us what was going on. So I left um, ragtime, I think right about at my 13th birthday. Um, it was really hard to leave, but I left the same night as Marin and Peter. And then one week or so later, maybe a month or so later, Brian and Audra left on the same night. So I felt like, you know, when I was in Les Mis, you had your own goodbye, it was all you, but this felt safe because so many people were all leaving. Um, and I knew that as a child performer, like your time is sort of numbered, but the fact that we were all leaving together felt so comforting to me. And then I, and then I think, um, again, within a, within maybe a couple of months, I auditioned for Spring Awakening and did my first workshop of that show when I was 14. Wow. And I didn't do any other shows because I just wanted to go to high school and I didn't want to work because I wanted to have a little bit of a normal experience. The only thing I kept doing while in high school was Spring Awakening. But then my senior year, my agent called and she was like, I know that you're not working, but Fiddler on the Roof is coming to Broadway. We really think that you should audition. Um, I had just gotten into NYU and I was like, well, then I was deciding if I wanted to even go to college. Um, and I was like, this will be my answer. If I get, you know, if I get this show, it'll be sort of, it'll make me, help me decide. And I got, and I got the show. So were you doing like your high school musicals? Yes, I was. Oh my God. What did you do? Okay. Lily. <laughs> I was in a Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. Um, what else was I in? I, you know, I didn't do the musicals until my junior and senior year because I, I wanted to make sure that like my college resume was not just so theater centric. Um, so I was like on the debate team. I played volleyball. And then come my junior, you know, uh, senior year, I, I felt, you know, like it might have been a fun thing to do. And so I did it. And then right back to Broadway and Fiddler on the Roof with Alfred Molina, which was truly one of the most beautiful shows I've ever seen. Like just visually, like so like, visually another way. Okay. Very interesting, but All right. All right. very well. <laughs> um, and <laughs> were you Sprinza or Bielka? Which one? I was Sprinza and I understudied. You studied Hava, right? Did you ever go? You must've gone on because Trisha, I'm sure was out. No, Trisha. <laughs> literally never took a day off. Oh. Um, she said to me on the first day of rehearsal, she was like, I'm not a delicate flower. I'm never taking a day off. Great. And, but her hava was so beautiful. It was, yeah. And we became such dear friends and she's one of the kindest people I've ever worked with. So I enjoyed being her sister in that show every night. When she did take time off and I did get to go on, though, I very much enjoyed getting to. Um, oh, my God. It's so cool to play Hava and Fiddler yeah, on Broadway. It was, it was oh, just heart. It was heartbreaking. But they don't let you be on Broadway unless you're screaming at your parent or at some point. <laughs> it's like this poor girl sweeping and then screaming at her dad on a train and then screaming at dad. Look at me. It's a lot. It's a lot of emotion. Leah Michelle. Uh, Audra McDonald said to me, you've never lived till you've died on Broadway. So getting to play Ben life finally got to do that. So it's so exciting. We have to talk about your new album and yes. I have to just quickly touch down on screen Queens, which I think oh, yeah. truly the most genius comedy hour yeah. of like just heightened brilliance. And you were 
so geniusly funny on that show. Um, what what was that like? Sort of re kind of coming back to work with Ryan Murphy after having this big Glee moment to uh, do a new series. Like that was right on the heels of Glee, right? Oh, I think I left for New Orleans uh, three, five, four or five days later after Glee, which I think in retrospect, I probably should have taken a little time off just to emotionally and physically process the experience of Glee. But um, I am so grateful to Ryan, Brad and Ian um, and Fox for including me in Scream Queens because I think that ending Glee would have been really challenging for me. Um, you know, knowing that I had still the connection to Ryan post that production was very helpful. And I also think that Ryan knew that it would be challenging as an actor coming off of playing such an iconic role. Um, I think he wanted people right out of the gate to be like, she's not just Rachel Berry. She's also a psycho killer. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's so, so good. If you've not watched Green Queens, Get into it, learn about Emma it. Roberts is just it's it's all perfection. And it's, Jamie Lee, it's beyond. It was it's a it's a perfect, perfect TV show. Um, all right, we have to talk about your album forever. And I'm looking at the artwork behind you. Your son's name is Ever, which I'm sure is why this album is called Forever, <laughs> it is. which is very smart. Tell me about how these songs came to you. Obviously, they're they're sort of part of your pregnancy and first year as a mom story, but I want to hear from you. All of these songs are sort of reimagined pop songs that I've turned into lullaby form, like Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine has always been a favorite song of mine. And I was like, what would this sound like as a sweet lullaby? Um, Here Comes the Sun was the first song that I listened to in the car on the way to the hospital before I gave birth. Yellow is my son's favorite song. So each each one of these songs has a very special meaning for me personally, but they're all truly very beloved songs by so many you know people. So there's really something that I think everyone will enjoy. And whether or not you're a parent, if you just want something to listen to and relax, I think that this album Forever is really perfect for everyone, whether you're a parent or not. These songs are just so beautiful and classic. And I think that everyone could really just use a little piece of relaxation right now. Yes, absolutely. How cathartic was it for you to get back into the studio and sing, you know, after this crazy time of everything that has happened in everyone's lives and being shut in and having, being a mom, I'm sure there's like so much to expel. So I, I know we're pressed on time, but I'll try to condense this story as much as you're like, please condense it. No, I'm here all day with you. I could look at you all day. Um, so I was promoting my album Christmas in the city in New York in 2019. And my husband and I had been trying to have a baby for a while unsuccessfully. So we kind of stopped trying for a while in the middle of promoting that album. Um, I found out that I was pregnant. I was shocked. I was literally shocked. Um, we had about two or three days of just being so elated, so happy. It was this incredible secret. And then right before going on stage to perform at one of my concerts, um, basically it looked like things were not going to work out. Um, my doctors advised me to not perform. They were like, don't sing. You need to go home. You need to get into bed right away. But I had to get on stage. I had an audience literally waiting, you know, sitting in their seats And I went on stage and performed and I've met a lot of people that were there that night and they were like, oh, it was such a beautiful night. And I'll be like, well, let me tell you what was actually going on. Um, After that, I 
went uh, home and I was put on bed rest for three months. And I was so scared after that night that I stopped singing for an entire year, which after singing my whole life was unheard of for me. Um, when I was pregnant, I would very quietly sing to my son in the shower, just to kind of like in the midst of all the chaos of life, let him know that like everything was okay. It was a very intense time in the world. It was an intense time for me. And I just wanted to communicate to him for him to know that everything was fine. So finally, when the time came to come into the studio for a plethora of reasons, singing again was extremely emotional and cathartic for me after not singing for so long. Um, I love performing, um, you know, music is therapy for me. It always has been there to heal me. And um, I was so grateful to get back into the studio. And so all of that is in this album forever. How has motherhood changed how you look at the world and what you put out and the things that you want to do? Motherhood changes you in ways that you cannot express. I really believe that it has softened me. I think that it has grounded me in many ways. Um, I think that it has just forced me to really slow down and um, just you know, keep in my life the things that I really want and that really matter. Um, I could not be more grateful to be where I am right now. And, you know, having been through what I went through over the past, you know, two years, or especially, you know, with my pregnancy, as challenging as it, it all really was. Um, my son is here now, and I feel stronger than I've ever felt and just more really proud of, of, of who I am. I love it. Now, if ever wants to get on Broadway when he's seven or eight years old, is that something Mama Leah is going to let happen? <laughs> Knowing what you know about the biz yeah, and I, all that. I know. I would maybe say to him, you can do whatever you want. I just want you to go to college and I want you to get a degree. That's really important to me. Um, but if he wants to perform, then, you know, I think the, what matters the most for children, like my husband, was very invested in sports in uh, college and in high school and very different from what I was, but he was incredibly, incredibly passionate about it. And because of that, I think it really helped him to feel grounded and secure and to stay focused. And it did, you know, theater did that for me. So whatever my son wants to do, that's going to help, you know, him to feel good and to feel the best in his skin, that's what he should be doing. That's a good answer. Um, what, what would get you to come back to Broadway? Is that something that you're thinking about or something that you're sending out into the world? <laughs> uh, you know, there's there's been so much of talk about me coming to Broadway and not coming to Broadway. <laughs> Listen, I, I am so unbelievably excited to see Funny Girl on Broadway. I cannot wait. I think that, you know, I had drinks with Michael the other day. And I just think that Beanie is an incredible choice Absolutely. for the production. I think it's going to be so wonderful. I can't wait to see Jane in it as well. Um, but for me to come back to Broadway, I mean, I maybe I am coming back to Broadway. As oh, oh, um, there's rumblings a few years ago that you were going to be a Vita over the summer. Was that, is that fake? Oh my God. 
can I be Evita? No, like, it was like that you were going to replace Elena Rogers for three months and they couldn't oh, work oh, it out. That back the last one. Yeah. Yeah. That was true. That oh. was, that was true. I was, I couldn't work it out in my glee, my glee schedule, but I really, really, really wanted, um, I really wanted to do that. I, I remember like that Evita is such a dream uh, of mine. You know, I think that a lot of people always, put me in the lane with funny girl, because of course I, I love, you know, that the, the show and the music and I, but I did get to do a lot of it on Glee, but there's I mean, so you did many- all of it on Glee. I did all of it. <laughs> I mean, I think we have a full cast album of funny girl from Glee. Place it together. Sure. <laughs> totally. No, there are so many shows and so many roles that I would love to play. And I'm so grateful that, you know, Broadway is back now. And I've seen a bunch of shows. I saw Waitress, I saw Hamilton, I said, Ain't Too Proud. Um, and it's just, there's nothing like getting to just be in the audience, feel the energy. Um, it's, it's you, you know, it's you can't explain it. I'm so grateful for the performers that they're back and for the audience members to get to see live theater again. What do you wish you knew at the start of this journey, that little girl in Lame is? That, you know, looking back at this, what do you wish you knew then that you could, uh, could have taken with you on this crazy journey? (laughs) I think I just put so much pressure on myself starting at a very young age. Um, I think I've always worked with such extreme blinders to um, really just focus on making every performance perfect. I'm a perfectionist. Um, I like, I have a lot of anxiety that I personally deal with a lot and I feel like a lot of pressure was placed on my shoulders at a very young age. I mean, even with something like Spring Awakening, the show was on all of our shoulders, you know, every single night. And um, I think looking back on it, you know, I I remember like Marin came to see Spring Awakening and I said to her, I was like, well, Tuesday, I wasn't so great, but Wednesday was a better performance. And, but, you know, Thursday kind of sucked also, but I had my best performance on Friday and she was like, stop, just, you know, like the audience is going to love, they're not leaving going Thursday was Leah's worst show. You know, they're not thinking that they're just so happy to see it. And I would look at Jonathan and, you know, he enjoys every moment. And so I really wish that I was less hard on myself and that I really just enjoyed myself. A little bit more. Well, you go into this spring awakening experience and just yes. like have a blast because yes. he gets to do that. And it's so truly thrilling. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait for you back on Broadway eight times a week, whenever that happens, we're back on my television and we're so excited about forever. And also your album Christmas in the city. It's Yay. holiday. Ding dong, ding. It's holiday time. Now it's let's a, do a little like Darren Chris duet, a little Jonathan Groff duet. It's a great album. It's like, it's such a bop. You're, you're a dream. Lee Michelle, I am so grateful you took the time to do this today. And uh, everybody check out all the things Lee Michelle on her Instagram. And of course, uh, download, pay for it forever. It's uh, it's going to be a beautiful album. And now you can all have it. Leah, thank you. Have the best day. And so much. We'll this was so much fun. Thank you, listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and the Broadway Podcast Network and edited by Derek Gunther. For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm slash little me. And follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at That Tuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for listening. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.